Welcome to is this episode is this episode five? Yeah, girl. Wow. So welcome to episode five of Girls with Dogs. I this know. Is Kimberly, yeah. I am the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging, and I am here with my dear friend Kathy, who is the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles. And we are here to conversate with each other while you yes. guys listen on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what we do is we We've decided to share our conversations with you because we're just two crazy ladies um, who are crazy about their dogs. Um, And I know that you don't have to be a girl to enjoy our conversations, but there are things that people who have dogs that incorporate their dogs in their family lifestyle and things that we talk about, things that we think about. Um, Today happens to be August 28th, which somebody out there on the internet decided to make it Rainbow Bridge Remembrance Day. So uh, we would be remiss if we did not talk about um, just briefly what it's like when, um, you know, you lose a dog and the dog crosses the Rainbow Bridge. Um, For those of you who are listening and have dogs but never heard of the Rainbow Bridge, it is a very, very significant poem or story, there's two versions, about what happens um, when a dog leaves this physical life. And it's pretty much how whatever it is that caused the separation between you and your pet, um, know that now they are no longer suffering and no longer in pain and they're in a place with other animals that is supposed to be absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and that they wait on the other side of this bridge because we all know that life is not forever. And then when we um, pass on from this physical life, we will be reunited again. So if you've never heard the story, please just go to my boyfriend, Mr. Google and type in Rainbow Bridge. And um, I think you would enjoy reading the story. And um, we will put the poem. It's it's a longish poem, but we will put the I'll I'll copy the poem into the description. Um, okay, perfect. So that because it it's a cool poem. And yeah, and it's just it's it's odd because you know, I I mean, I've lost many dogs in my lifetime, but um as an adult dog owner, I've lost um three dogs uh over the past 10 years. Um one was a puppy, Riley. We lost her to Parvo shortly after we adopted her. Um, The second was Blue, who was hit by a car. And the third was last year, Sydney, who was one of our first dogs. She died of hermangiosarcoma. And um, she was diagnosed on August 5th, and she passed away on September 10th. So, and I know you lost Leo. I lost Leo, which was um, difficult for me. Uh, this was, there were significant emotional experiences in uh, my relationship with Kimberly that kind of brought us to where we are here. Of course, it was the blogging and um, the blog pause conference that we met at, but it was also um, her tragic loss of blue. And mm-hmm. um, Leo had just turned four. He was um, newly certified as a therapy dog, but I had a sponsor for my blog post that was a pet resort. So part of the contract was for me to have the dogs at various events and not knowing then what I know now, um, Leo was that dog that didn't need to be leashed and he did not go too far and he loved everything and everybody. So he was playing with his soccer ball with a bunch of dogs at this dog event. And I did not know the dogs. I did not know the humans. It was just, imagine like um, a county fair, if you will, but on a smaller version. And that was on a Saturday. And I will never forget that Monday, he was looking a little bad, coughing a lot, didn't have a lot of energy, took him to the vet on Tuesday, got antibiotics. Wednesday, he didn't look any better. Thursday, he took a turn for the worst. I went back to the vet. She was very concerned. And probably two to three hours after that, Leo was gone. So um, apparently he had caught a very, very terrible virus from 
a um, a dog that we were interacting with on Saturday. And um, they said that once they looked at his lungs after he had expired, they said that there was nothing they would have been able to do. Um, that is something that, and again, you can go to Kimberly's blog, Keep the Tail Wagging, and put Blue in the search and come up with all of her stories about Blue. You can do the same thing for me um, with Leo, but there's always going to be that dog um, that takes you to a place that you've never been before. Um, understand you have to surround yourself with like-minded people. Um, there were so many friends that could not understand. They tried, but they couldn't. Um, there are a lot of people that don't get it to the point where they're not even going to try to fake it. They're just going to look at you and think that you're crazy. Um, tell you things like it was a dog. Damn, get over it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, I think now back to those times, people say that because they don't know what else to say. Yeah. I think that that's what it is. I think that they don't even know how they don't know how you're feeling. They can't figure it out. So it's almost like shock treatment, you know, kind of like if you were hysterical and I could see you and then I slap you across your face, <laughs> get it together. Um, I think that that's kind of what I don't think anybody means any harm, but they're just clueless to how you feel. Yeah. Um, and so but you have to understand. So this lady told me. I went to work eventually after that and. Um, you know, I had a, had a meltdown, I had many meltdowns. No, I wasn't at work. I was taking Harley to the daycare, um, on my way to work. And it was so hard to walk in with one and not both. Mm -hmm. And everybody knew and everybody came over. So of course that was going to be another explosion of emotions. And there was a lady that worked at the daycare facility, but she was like in the accounting office. And this is what she said. She said, people don't realize that when you lose a child or, a, a pet that has been a family pet. They said, it's like an amputation. She said, it's never going to be the same because you're not going to have that limb or that pet again beside you. Mm -hmm. But you learn how to adjust and you learn how to move differently through the course of the day and through the course of your life. And that meant so much to me that that's things that I tell people now, especially with the therapy animals that I'm with. We lost four to old age during the furlough. And that was tough because the dogs were not working. And then the human was home with the dog. And then all of a sudden the dog is completely gone. Um, so it, it, it works really hard on your psyche and you have to respect those feelings and those emotions. You have to embrace it and don't try to fake it and cover it up. You got to let it go um, and be around people that can, that can help you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting because I was thinking about, you know, listening to you and I was like getting a little emotional again. Um, Cause I remember when you called me and I remember the conversations that we have. I remember when you called me, I was walking towards, I was going to a festival and I was in a field um, uh -huh. in the summer and we were both, I'm on the side of the street crying, but because I was going to a dog festival, people walking by me, I like was able to mouth my friend lost her dog and people were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And you know, when you're around dog people, everyone gets it. You can post that my dog is sick. My dog got cancer, my dog, this, my dog, you know, whatever you know, whether you're bringing home a puppy or even an adult dog or saying goodbye to one dog, people understand, but like you were saying, people who aren't dog people or aren't connected to dogs the way we are. Yeah. I, I agree that it's not that they are being hurtful or hateful, or they just don't know what to say. I mean, I've experienced this with people who have children or like someone will come to me all excited because they're daughter is pregnant or their daughter had got engaged and is getting married. Mm -hmm. And I, ha I have the fake excitement for them because I don't care. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Your daughter's pregnant. Okay. That sounds like a nightmare to me, but obviously, you know, I'm going to take my cues from you and you're smiling and happy. So I'm going to smile and happy, and be happy too. but, but it's, 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 I mean, that's something that's easy and polite to do, but it's hard to fake sadness when you're not sad. And, um, and when you just don't get it, I mean, there are people out there today who are very, that are freaking out, you know, about what's going on in our country. You just, let's make a list and name, you know, do a, one of those wheels where you just spin the wheel and whatever mm-hmm. it lands on there, there's someone out there that is seriously, emotionally upset about oh, something. Yeah. yeah. And hot. if I don't have the same, you know, you know, energy into that same problem, I'm not going to get it. And I'm not going to be able to fake sadness or outrage for them. I'm just, the only thing I can do is, is say, I'm sorry you feel that way. And, and, you know, but um, I think the thing that other thing that bothers me about, you know, besides the pain of losing a dog or a close friend, losing a dog, because it's interesting because when your friend loses a dog, it's like, you just lost a dog. It's very oh, upsetting. Yeah. It's almost like move over and let me jump in that hole. With exactly. You. It's very upsetting. And, but the thing is, there's the other thing that, and I think this is just a thing that humans do is we want to know all the details because somehow if we know all the details, like if I hear the entire details of how Leo died and what happened, then I can have a sense of, okay, well, my dogs aren't going to be exposed to that. So I'm okay. And so people, yeah, while you're in the midst of your own, because like as a pet parent, it's like, of course, it doesn't matter what it is. We're going to blame ourselves we're going to go back over a period of time and try to identify the portion where this is where I made the mistake. And this is, you know, and, and that's going to last. That's the thing is this, the morning is not like it's a week or a month. You know, it's funny because um, my grandmother just passed away a couple of days ago and I'm, I'm upset and I will be upset about this for a while, but she was 96 years old and she had a beautiful life and a beautiful family. And so this is the natural course of things. Whereas with our dogs, they live for such a short period of time yep. that it's, it's like, it, no matter how they die, it's like they're being ripped away from us. And so um, studies have shown that people mourn dogs a lot harder than maybe like a grandparent, because although I'm going to miss my grandmother terribly and I am very sad it, again, it, it's the normal course of life. That's something that I knew was coming and I was prepared for it. But with the dog, it just, you're never quite prepared for it. And um, it's the people when you're in the in the middle of all of the, that emotional strife, the people who come to you and want to break down everything that you did. I had a person message me and I, I honestly, actually, she left a comment and I didn't, I couldn't respond to it because I didn't know what to say. But other people responded and uh, and I felt bad for the woman because she she really took a beating. But she said that she went to my blog to check it out and she was reading my about page. And, and I think I've changed my about page since then. But she noticed that I had lost two dogs and she was just sort of like, what type of person? I think maybe lost two dogs and a cat. And that obviously what what am I doing that I'm losing animals so much? And so she wanted to, she wanted me to, to break down every single thing that happened to each of these pets so that she can have a better understanding of what I was doing that would result in me losing pets. And I'm a hundred percent, I didn't know this woman from Adam, but I'm sure she didn't mean to come here and say that obviously you're killing your animals or you're incompetent. And so your animals are dying, but that's sort of the message that she had put out there. And I was still in my darkness from losing blue. So I just honestly didn't know what to say because I blamed myself for losing mm-hmm. blue and I blamed myself for losing Riley. And I didn't blame myself for losing Jaffrey. He left, he had a good life, but the other two, it was very hard. And so it's just one of those, for those of you guys who do not know what to say, um, I'm going to give you three things to avoid. First of all, 
if you're not a veterinarian or if you're a veterinarian, but you have never examined that dog, your opinion on the medical conditions of that dog are, are not warranted unless they're asked for. Um, so please don't go and diagnose strangers animals, um, especially when you have do not have the medical background. And I have had that where people have given me, you know, sort of like, if this happens again, this is what you need to do. And it's just like, that's not where my mind is. And it's really not your place. The other is, this is not a time to get someone to give you a breakdown of every single thing that happened with their dog, everything that they did, everything the vet said. I mean, some people can sit down and do that. I was able to do that with Sydney because I had time between her being diagnosed with cancer and then going through treatment. And also I looked at it as an educational opportunity, not only for me, but for my readers. But after I did a live or after I wrote a blog post, I curled up in bed for hours because it was so hard. So mm-hmm. be careful about, you know, uh, uh, addressing people. Cause you don't know, e- even people like me and Kathy, we have jobs. We don't get to go to work <laughs> and have breakdowns and stuff. So we can fake it for an extended period of time and then go home and sit down in a dark room and be sad. And so be just sad. because just because someone looks like they're taking it well, doesn't mean that they are well. So, and then the third thing I would say is the comments of um, pointing out like, you know, basically Captain Obvious type comments or not so much, but I've seen people like a woman whose dog died of cancer and someone came in and was like, well, if you had been feeding raw, your dog would be fine. And first of all, that's not true. You can't possibly know that. And second of all, come on. I mean, do you think that that comment made that person feel better? Because if it did, if I mean, it's just shut up, just shut up, <laughs> just shut up. That's shut all. Up. Just so shut up. <laughs> tells you the three things that you probably need to avoid. I'm going to tell you the one thing that I think is the best thing for you to do, and that's just empathize. That's that's all it is. And if you don't know what else to say, a hug is worth a thousand words. Okay, even if you can hug from social, socially distant or even through the internet. Um, or, or saying something like, what can I do? Because well, sometimes yeah. sometimes somebody just needs a distraction. I well, mean, talking about what can I do, great lead in for my question for you. Okay. Because, you know, when you're a blogger, you're very public. And so that was probably the hardest thing for me is that I had to grieve publicly. I'll never forget the FTD man after like the third delivery of flowers, he said to me, he says, ma'am, I'm really sorry for your loss. And for whatever reason, I laughed out loud. And I said, my dog was a very popular dog. And the expression on his face was priceless because (laughs) I think he thought that it was a human, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, But I mean, at the height of, I guess, the beginning of of my blog, and I was doing product reviews and I had sponsors and all of that, you know, the Chewy.coms and all of those were sending flowers and Harley got so much mail. I just thought, you know, this is interesting. Why don't you open it yourself and read it yourself? (laughs) I think, um, and I, I think that the the reason it hurts so much. And, well, this is what I told myself. You know, here I go comparing dogs and kids, but just bear with me. My grandson is 19 months old. At some point, he's going to be able to tie his own shoe. He's going to be able to go to the bathroom by himself, open a doorknob, even open the refrigerator and pour himself something to drink. Hell, at some point, he can make his own sandwich. But see, for 12 and a half years, you know, Harley relies on me for everything. Um, I control everything and it doesn't change no matter how old he gets. You know, he's going to look at me and I have to interpret if this is a, I'm in pain or I got to go to the bathroom or can I have a piece of cheese, please? And this goes on until they no longer are with us. So that dependency of making you feel as if this person really and truly, this person, this dog really <laughs> and truly relies on us. But when you said 
um, earlier, I wanted to ask you, Leo's reader read my blog and I never knew that. And she called and she, you know, wanted to tell me how sorry she was. And she offered to take Leo's parents out of retirement and breed them for me. Oh, yeah. That's what I was like. Ooh. And I got all giddy. Then I started having all of these uncomfortable evenings, like, you know, and I'm thinking, no, that's just like not normal. Like, no, I don't want to do that. So I was trying to figure out how do you call somebody who's going to give you this great offer and not sound like you're ungrateful, but you want them to understand that I don't think so. And she beat me to it. And she let me know that after, because she was a very, very good reader, after, you know, looking at how many times the mom had given litters and they were already retired and they were, you know, not doing this anymore. She said, Kathy, I just can't do that. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, and she said, but there will come a time when you will be ready and I'll know it based on what I'm reading that you're writing. And she said, and as soon as I find one that is like Leo, she says, I'll call you. And true to form, eight months later, she called and she said, he's not as big as Leo, but he's as lovable as Leo. And that's where I went and got Jax. But like, if somebody offered to, so it's almost like cloning. If somebody yeah. offered to clone Blue or even Sydney, do you think you could do that? Yep. Yeah, I would. I mean, and I know it sounds crazy and stuff. And I and I could say that because, you know, I honestly don't believe that would, that offer would ever come to my door. But thinking about the days after I lost Blue, oh, in a heartbeat, if someone would have called me, like if someone like because I was we were online because we knew Blue was rescued originally in um, Yakima and we knew he came from some type of backyard breeder. But the first days after losing Blue, we were combing Craigslist to see if we could somehow stumble upon someone who was making this mixed breed convinced that we would get, like we knew we wouldn't get Blue back, but we would get some semblance of Blue back, some of his personality back. And um, after Sydney left, I wasn't in that space, um, but just, it's sort of like, when the lady came to our house to um, help us, you know, mm -hmm. let, you know, send Sydney across the bridge, you know, she asked me if I wanted a clipping of her hair. And I, and then what's funny is that I, with, I didn't expect that or anything, but when she said it, I reached for like the, my favorite part of Sydney to pet and was like, yes, right here without mm -hmm. even thinking. So, and I, so I think that that it's just a, a way to just keep them, uh, some portion of them with us, not so much to replace them, but some portion of them with us. And after, you know, just the experience with Blue and with Sydney, um, it gave me a little more compassion for people who would, because I always thought the whole cloning of dogs was kind of <laughs> icky, but it gave me some compassion for people who do it. Because if, if you're doing it because I, I mean, I'm sure there's some crazy people out there, but I'm just thinking about the the grief that you're going through. You just want your dog back. Well, and, and that's just what it is. And let me tell you, I um, I had to stop myself because just because Jax came from the same breeder, just because he came from no biological genetic connection to Leo at all. Oh, I had at one point when he was a puppy, I had convinced myself that Leo had come back. <laughs> and I used to say, I'm going to get an animal communicator to tell me. And then I was like, stop it, stop it, stop it. You know, <laughs> uh, that's where you slap yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to move on. But when she made the offer, the, the loss was new. Mm -hmm. The pain certainly was so raw um, that my first thing was yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because you're going to give me um, what I lost. You're going to do, yeah. you know, now check this out, what God can't do. And, and, I, and so I had to stop and say to myself, no, but Leo and Blue are certainly, I think when you would have to tell me this because I don't have that experience. I think the tragic unexpected loss 
is not more difficult, but I think the initial devastation, yeah. there's no opportunity to prepare. Yeah. You fought with every fiber in your body and went to great lengths and beyond with Sydney to do everything that you could, mm-hmm. but you were still saying to yourself, as much as I want this, this may or may not work. And, and then it's that period where you're saying, okay, now I know I have to do what I said I did never want to have to do. But, um, you know, I took Leo to the vet thinking the antibiotics weren't working. You went to work knowing that you were going to come home that day and play with Blue. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that also makes us, at that particular intersection, I think it makes us just so desperate for anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad I didn't do it. I, yeah. I'm glad I didn't do it because I, I adore Jax, but glad I didn't do it for the sake of. Um, it's the wrong reason to get a it dog. Is. It, it it's is. It's the wrong reason yeah. to get a dog. I mean, and I always think that, you know, I look at dogs and I don't know how true this is, but I always feel like not maybe our dogs aren't reincarnated to us, but their spirit come to us because um, and I feel like every dog um, opens a door for something. So when we lost Riley, you know, at the time we had two dogs and then we got Riley and it was effortless. And so now all of a sudden we could have three dogs and probably a week after Riley passed away, I saw the listing for blue. And I don't know what it was about it, but I kept going back to it, back to it. And I just told Johan, we're getting him. And Johan was like, no. And I'm like, nope. I was getting in the car. My stepson jumped in so I could get, have carpool because I was driving an hour away to get him. And I went and got my dog. And Johan jumped in the car at the last minute, didn't let that dog go for the first night, just was so in love with him. And so it's sort of like, you know, Riley opened that door mm-hmm. for Blue. Blue um, showed us just basically the personality of dogs that we really like. And so when we got Scout and Zoe, and even Apollo a little bit, but Scout and Zoe, we bas- we knew what Blue's breed mix was. And so we looked for a similar breed mix. And so we got a little bit of his energy, his personality in Scout and Zoe. So it was more understanding of what type of dogs are good for our family. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, Sydney taught me about cancer. And then Scout, who is a survivor, taught me that cancer isn't a death sentence. And it's just, you know, we learn something new from each dog. And so when I can get away from the, the um, sorrow of it all, I can more clearly see what I've learned and what I've gained and be more appreciative of the time that I had with the, the dogs. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying about, you know, 12 years, you do everything for these animals. Um, that's another thing where they depend on us so much. Oh. There's no one, you know, especially for me, because I never had children. But even if you do have human children, they, like you said, they grow up, they become more independent. But our dogs, that never goes away. And when it's taken from you uh, out of us, it's, it's just a hard um, jolt of dealing with. But even if they die, like with Sydney and I had time, I felt like I was failing her at every, because she counts on me to take care of her. Oh, and, yeah. um, and, but she reminded me also that, you know, she's there to take care of me too. And that this is a relationship and the relationship was coming to an end. I and, wonder, is there such a thing as canine grief counseling? Yeah. Um, yeah. There are, there's, there's, there's therapists. You can, there's therapists are now offering canine grief counseling and um, there are groups that you can go to all of that. Um, I actually, when I lost blue, that's when I really, cause I was already in therapy. I started therapy a couple months before, but after losing blue and everything that I went through um, after that, I put my foot in the therapy and came out much healthier on the other side. But yeah, there is, it's like people really do take this seriously. I mean, and especially now where, you know, we're in this pandemic, people are, aren't as close um, to each other, you know, physically as they were Um, losing a dog, you know, you may not be surrounded by friends to help you get through it. You may be truly getting through it on your own. And it's just, just rough. 
So if you're out there and if you need to talk to or want to talk to either one of us, just reach out because we've been there. Um, unfortunately, we are card-carrying members and um, it's not a club we want to see grow, but it is a club that grows. And uh, we're, we're welcome to listen to you tell us all about your dog and, you know, just um, be a sounding board because God knows we've had to have people listen to us, correct? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, now that was that was a fun conversation. Yay. Now let's talk about too. <laughs> now let's like jolt the system again and talk about something a little more exciting. And we were going to have someone on today to talk to us about sports with dogs, but we weren't able to get a good time. So now we're just talking to each other. And the thing, okay, so sports is dogs. We've all heard about, you know, like agility, dock diving. Um, you know, t- people take their dogs hunting. There's all these you know, hiking and running and all these things that you can do with your dogs. Um, but do you, I mean, and so I have four dogs, they're all herding mixed dogs, except for Apollo, who is Husky golden retriever, but all active dogs. And they could all possibly benefit from some type of activity. And the reason why I never got into it is because one, I live on land so I can play with them and they play with each other and we're, we're good to go Two, I don't have the time because it, for, in some cases, these things take a good dedication of time. Um, and three, Rodrigo, although he's a border collie mix, I was told for him when he was younger, it was actually during the time when I was transitioning him to raw and I was learning, starting to learn all of these things about my dogs from a holistic vet. I had a vet tell me, don't ever put him into agility. It'll be the worst thing possible because of oh, his joint. Really? Yeah, because of his joints and the way he ran. And the vet just asked me, it was a, a new appointment with the vet. Um, uh, uh, spoiler alert, hated that vet. <laughs> he, was a really, he was a really nice man, but um, he was really kind of just, I don't know. He just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know why. It's, it's okay to say he was a little different. <laughs> but he was just, I didn't like him. I don't know what it was about him, but I just did not like him. But he was a wealth of information. And he asked me about how Rodrigo runs. And and I was just like, you know, he just like any other dog. And he was like, no, what I mean is when he hits the ground, is it hard? Like, do you hear him coming? And I was like, oh yeah. He's like, that sounds like an elephant. And he was like, that's why you don't want to do agility because if he's hitting the heart, the ground hard with his legs like that, agility is going to be even harder on his joints. Really? And, so, and it's not all you know, border collies, it's just, you know, some dogs are just the way they run. And even now at 11 years old, he doesn't run as much, but whenever he runs, it's like, he's trying to dig his legs into the ground. It's (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So he's just not um, a good fit for it. But so um, have you ever considered putting your dogs into any type of agility or things? Um, So because we didn't have a guest that we could just turn this over to and let them talk, I had to, you know, go to Mr. Google. And now I did do, um, before Leo was certified as a therapy dog, Harley was already doing therapy work. So I was thinking that I needed to have something for Leo. So we did get into um, agility and he nor I were ever going to make it on television. Okay. Um, But it was an hour and a half of just time that we spent together. You know, did he, he went up the the ramp and came back down. (laughs) He he didn't like going through the hoop. Um, And then, you know, how they weave in and out of that. No. uh -uh. So really it was just, I just paid money to bond with him and I could have done that with some PVC piping in my backyard, but (laughs) it was, it was our time that we did it together. Um, Jax thinks that his mother was a dolphin. And so I've always wanted to get into dock diving and actually dock diving is huge down here. So they have this Southeastern wildlife expedition that brings like 
almost a half a million people through Charleston in February. And they have this huge dock diving um, following. And I used to say that I wanted to get Jax involved in that because he likes to retrieve. He likes to catch, although he can't catch very well, but he loves the water. <laughs> he has no fear. But um, time, like he said, I just don't have the time to yeah. do it. The only sport now, Harley is in a sport all on his own. And I mean, he's a master. It's just that it's just not a sport we want to share on television <laughs> um, or with the media. But I would say that Harley is a well-trained, prolific sleeper. <laughs> that, that is his sport, damn it. And, you know, and that's the one. <laughs> But check this out. When I was looking for sport, so you know we've got nose work, which yeah. I think I'm very impressive. You've not watched um, anything with dogs with nose work. I'll go ahead and give you a plug. Joy has a blog called My GBGV, and she's got those dogs, and that's what they're called. Um, but they do a lot of nose work out of Minnesota. So if you ever just look her up and she goes into great detail about the things that she does there. And then like there's the agility, then there's the canine drill team, which I thought about you because you like that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but check this out. Have you ever heard of rally obedience? Mm -mm, no. Okay. Well, disclaimer, my dogs would never be able to do this, but rally obedience is now a sport. So this is what Mr. Google says. Unlike regular obedience, instead of waiting for the judge's orders, the competitors proceed around a course of designated stations with the dog in a heel position. And the course consists of 10 to 20 signs that instruct the team what to do. That ain't gonna work in my house, I'm not yours. But if anybody has been out there and has done it or seen it, please let me know. They have some YouTube videos I plan to look at um, later on today because I never heard of it. Rally obedience. I never heard of it before. Yeah, I, that wouldn't work for me. Do you remember? I don't know if you ever saw it. Years ago, there was a video going around and it was some type of like obedience thing where um, dogs had to go along this path and they have to, their owners are calling them and they're going and on each side of the path are like a, a plate of hot dogs and a plate of this and all this food. And it's supposed to get the dogs to ignore all the food and run to their owner. And then it came to a golden retriever's turn and they went and they ate all the food, but made it all the way to their owner as fast as possible. Oh, and no. that would be that would be my dogs and my dogs would never even make it to me. They would just eat all of the food. And like Apollo would go and run out into the audience and start jumping on people to get pet. You know, Rodrigo would try and hump the other dogs. Scout would just yeah. be barking and Zoe would be trying to get me to pick her up huh. while she's barking. My dogs that are just, yeah, my dogs are not <laughs> my dogs are I, I don't even know what sport. I could get them into, I mean, I'm sure I can get them into anything, but, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I am lazy AF and the idea of getting up early in the morning and doing stuff. No. So it's not happening. No. So we, we do nose work on the property. Zoe was doing, she found something and was trying to dig it up. And, um, then the dogs found a dead animal. And so there's a lot of sniffing there. And then um, the obedience came when um, Scout wanted to roll all over the dead animal. And I told him no and to come to me. And he stopped, he didn't do it. And he came to me and um, I was throwing the ball outside. And so lots of, hey, go find your ball. And he would go and find the ball. And oh, and, and things like, hey, come over here. Lots of that. That's basically our agility. Real, okay. the lazy man's agility. <laughs> whatever works in your house this is it but um so now i'm going to grab my microphone and i'm going to put on my roving reporter voice and interview <laughs> go ta because this is what i want to learn about <laughs> so my dogs grew up when i lived in northern virginia and i was you know still working working um my dogs grew up at Old Town Pet Resort. Yes, they were doggy daycare 
um, dog. I even knew the name of that place. I remember that place. Yeah, I would drop them off. And it was a one-stop shop because this is where they got their room. This is also where they would board if I was traveling. And they had a daycare that would just wipe them out. And then they were so adorable when Harley practiced his, his sport of sleeping when we got home. So it was, <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Um, but Kimberly and I were talking the other day and I could not stop laughing because she said that her dogs were, are you ready for this? They were daycare dropouts. So you've got to tell me because I've never <laughs> heard you talk about your dogs in a negative light at all. <laughs> so the fact that they cannot handle daycare, you have to shed some light on that. And it is hundred percent my fault. I mean, I have four dogs, three of them. I could I would not even I wouldn't even drive up to a daycare with three of my dogs. It would it would they would have every right to just be like not even let me in the door. They'll just come out the door and go no, go home. Go home now. Because like I was saying before, Rodrigo's idea of playing is to hump dogs and not all dogs like that. And then Rodrigo is he the whole no means no he does not understand that. So if a dog comes back and is like, no, I don't want you humping me. Rodrigo then wants to fight. And so um, he's calmed down in his old age, but he was kind of a problem. And so it started with him where I just, it's so funny because people talk about why would you even want to go to a dog park? And I don't go to a dog park now. And I understand the pros and cons of dog parks, but Rigo is one of those dogs that if you were to go to a dog park, you would see Rigo and you'd be like, why do you even bring him here? Because he does not belong in that type of space. Scout and Zoe, I did a well, and with Rodrigo, Scout and Zoe, I just did a horrible job socializing them. I didn't really understand what that meant. And so um, they do well. Rodrigo, Scout, and Zoe do great on a pack walk, but anything where they're loose and have to interact with other dogs, um, they just don't do well with. They do well with each other, but not with strange dogs. So we just don't do it. Apollo, when Apollo joined this family, that was my opportunity to do things right. And so I immediately had, I had a trainer meet us at the house when he showed up. Um, I had him going to my friend's house who has tons of dogs to play and socialize and learn how to be a dog. And, um, and I introduced him to doggy daycare because we could not leave him home alone. And he did great. I mean, they, they still think about Apollo. I ran into the owner uh, about a month ago and he was talking to me about Apollo and Apollo hasn't been there in over a year probably a year and a half. Um, but Apollo, he, unfortunately we took him there way too many days a week. He's just, he was not a dog that can go to doggy daycare every day. It was just too much stimulus and he just wasn't the personality for it. Was it, you know, having all the different dogs, you know, he would have probably been better to have his set of dogs that he played with. And so it showed up on days when that set of dogs is there. And now that's actually how the daycare is run. So it's kind of tempting to put him back into daycare, like maybe just once a week so that he can interact with one set of dogs and they'll find like the right group. That's a good fit for him. And so he'll probably do a lot better. But back then he, he was just bored. It's like, yeah, I've see you guys. He had a couple of really good friends that he would do puppy piles with, but otherwise, um, yeah, he just, he got, he, he was politely, he wasn't kicked out. They politely suggested that I find different things to do for him. So he didn't have to come every day that he could only come like twice a week. Well, I think the only time that I was a little embarrassed with the dogs. So Jax is kind of big and not giant, but he's, he's a big doodle. And um, I can remember when we were there they had this huge um, television right at the front desk showing you the dogs um, interacting. And why I like this particular place is because they matched your dogs by temperament, not by breed and not by size. Mm -hmm. And on this particular day, my poor 70 pound <laughs> was in the room with like these Maltese Bichon Yorkies <laughs> so, so, so I came in to, to pay and there was this older couple and they were interested in having their little dog start going into this 
And they're looking at all these little dogs, you know, <laughs> the dogs are, you know, tap, 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 going across the, the floor, tap, tap, tap. And all of a sudden you see this Clydesdale. And so <laughs> the lady said, Jesus. And I, like, <laughs> and I just kind of backed up like, I'm going to let them leave or they bring this dog. Because they had to quickly explain that these dogs were here based on temperament and all of that. But it, it was like all of a sudden the screen got black, but not black. It just got all white because he went by. And I think that's the closest that I ever came to it. But um, doggy daycare is cool. I will defend you. Um for you because you have such a large property that I think anybody that had as much acreage as you have um, with your home probably wouldn't do doggy daycare because they're going to get all of the exercise. They are also, you know, socializing with each other. Um, I've noticed that the pitfalls for me with my two with socialization, of course, they don't go to doggy daycare. Um, one of the quickest ways to lose your therapy dog certification is to have your dog interact with another therapy dog. Um, I believe that my dogs are relatively intelligent, but they're by no means any scholars. So therefore, I can't let them play with your dog in the neighborhood and then expect them not to understand that they can't play when they're at work. So we had mm-hmm. to do either or. And since I have two of them, like you have four that can yeah. play amongst themselves. That's fine. What has happened though, they don't have many social skills um, because of this. And that's mm-hmm. just, that's the decision that I made because there's two in the house and then I don't have to worry about them not doing what they're supposed to do. So you can literally come up to me with your dog, sit and talk, walk by, and my dogs are not going to move. If your dog reacts at all, they kind of look at him as if they want to say, oh, man, please get it together. (laughs) Um, They they just know that this is just not something that they do. But um, so I understand. I have a better understanding now about why you feel that your dogs are daycare doggy dropouts yeah Um, and they they probably are but it's not the worst thing in the world and you've got a lot more money in your bank account trust it is i mean it is because it is it's it's expensive and you know you gave a shout out i'll give a shout out to smart dog daycare of everett washington Um, if you are in the area i love them so much and um it's not easy running a daycare and um, and I can I can understand that I can I'm glad I don't because there's so many things that I used to want to do because I love dogs and just after being a part of that and getting to know the owners and seeing what they deal with on a daily basis I'm grateful that I do not own a doggy daycare. No, um, I that was never on my bucket list. <laughs> but um, but before we go, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to tell you. And for those of you listening, you can always jump back to episode two when Kimberly was referring to herself as an ostrich with her head in the sand. So unfortunately, we have to, you know, keep our thoughts and and prayers to the folks throughout New Orleans and Louisiana as they're bracing for Hurricane Ida. But remember what I was telling you. So see, if you were living in New Orleans or Louisiana, you would know that your hurricane prepared stuff is all together somewhere and you can just grab it and um, not have to worry about where's this, where's that. You'd have everything you need. See? I did go to um, Target and get a a storage container. Well, bravo. They had them on sale. Oh, and just, just, and here's a tip, you guys, they had them on sale. They had these $8 storage containers. They're on sale 50% off. So I got them for, you know, like $4. And um, so I got a good tr- price on them. And the, I, I figured for that price, I'm buying all of them. So I bought, I think they had six more left. And so I just bought them all. But the sale had ended days before. And they still had the little sign up. So I took a picture of the sign. And because I was just like, well, the sign's still up. So maybe the sale's still going on. And I was planning on sending it around to my friends to say, 
well, you can't come here because I bought them all, but go to the target in your area and and you can get these, these things. But when I got up there, they rang up as, because I wasn't paying attention to the expiration date. I was just looking at that price. They rang up as full price. And I'm like, but they're on sale. And they were like, oh, I bet you they are. And the sale ended on Sunday. And, um, and, but they were like, is the sign still up there? And I was like, yeah, actually I took a picture of it and I showed it to them. And they were like, yep. Um, because the expiration date is on the tag, but I did, I just was taking a picture of the price and he, they gave it to me for that price anyway, because the sign was they still up. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So FYI, if you ever go to target for your, you know, disaster preparedness, that's and if right. the sign's still up, Take a picture of the sign, grab everything, get up there and get that sale price. So I'm I'm actually I've been dining out on that little deal for days. I'm so that's proud a, of myself. That's a good deal. So again, if you don't know what we're talking about, go to episode two yep. and check it out and then find out. Um, well, that's all we've got for today. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Oh yeah, what's next week? I don't think I have a, a list. I don't have a list for next next, next time. week is gonna be so much fun. This is like my fave. Ready? How much of your dog's personality comes from you? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I will as a spoiler alert, um Johan, who's that's my partner, he used to always say that Sydney, who passed away last year, that she was me in dog form that she, and I always called her my touchstone because she was like, I, if, if I can, you know, on cloudy days, curling up on the sofa and watching movies all day, Sydney was right there next to me. And she was down for it. She was my couch potato. She loves snacking just as much as I do. She was, she, yeah, she, I love, oh, she was the best dog. The and then best. I think this will be very interesting because I am extremely, um, one-sided with this male or female dogs what's your pleasure oh that's that's the subject and then naming your dog like where does the (laughs) names come from do you wait till you get to know them before you name them so yeah so this is oh that's a good one there's a tiktok going there's a tiktok going around about that and this lady commented on my instagram when i shared it stop doing this it's a way to steal people's passwords and i was just like y'all need to stop making your pets name your password just well hello that's just i thought we understood yes. that back when they told us to stop using password as our password it's like don't use your children's <laughs> no, no, name no 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 admin <laughs> yeah don't, don't admin. no admin no password no Word. children's names no pets names no Come street on. that you live on. Yes, just stop it. Stop it. Just stop. And, just and stop. then when when the rest of us are having fun with a little challenge, leave us alone. Yeah, it's not it's not our fault that you That's use right. your pet's name as your password. Yes, all we did is we spelled <laughs> password backwards. That's all. That's actually pretty smart. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Listen. <laughs> thanks for listening, and we will um, talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.